Good afternoon, and welcome to episode 14 of the In Squash podcast. I'm Jerry Gibson, and uh, today on the podcast we have Sarah Jane Perry, SJ, was uh, kind enough and uh, to come on the podcast this uh, this week, and it just so happened to be con- to be uh, conducted on International Women's Day uh, as she was driving uh, to Canary Wharf to London to play an exhibition against uh, Alison Waters uh, for uh, International Women's Day. So it was a uh, it was great to have Sarah Jane on the podcast. We covered uh, a lot of topics. Uh, one in particular was uh, the, the state of women's squash and the improved uh, uh, state of women's squash on the PSA tour. Uh, in particular, we, we looked at the, now the more, more parity in terms of uh, prize money, uh, equality in terms of prize money on the men's and women's side, and then other elements of that. Uh, we also looked back at her, uh, her career, how she uh, looked back at her junior uh, career, how she started uh, into squash. Uh, she's an all-around athlete, so she has a, a bit of a different backstory uh, than some some other players. She kind of, uh, although she started squash uh, at a young age, she didn't really uh, begin to focus entirely on squash as a sport until uh, 14 or 15 years old, uh, and she even continued to play uh, other sports at a competitive level up until uh, uh, later in her uh, junior career and uh, yeah it was a great chat and uh, really uh, enjoyed talking to SJ uh, so you're going to enjoy this podcast um, and just wondering uh, how's everyone's squash game uh, going uh, I hope you're fit I hope you're healthy hope you're enjoying your squash uh, as for me uh, I had a bit of a setback uh, last week and I thought you know I thought things were going well and just when you think Things are going well, something, uh, you know, two steps forward, one step back, I guess, or one step forward, two steps back, maybe. In this case, I'm not sure. But uh, I was doing a little boast drive routine, and I felt something in my calf. Uh, I think I uh, strained a a calf muscle or uh, something like that because uh, I couldn't really walk uh, there for the first day after the injury and, and it's still bothering me a few days after. Um, so I hope none of you are experiencing any injuries like that. I haven't had a, a serious injury like this for a while, so uh, I'm not sure if it's serious or not, but uh, I'm taking a week off. I'm still going to the gym and trying to stay uh, fit, but I'm going to take another week or so off uh, from squash. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to getting back on court because uh, up until that happened, uh, I was feeling great, and it just out of the blue happened. So uh, anyways, I hope uh, your games are going well. I hope everyone's uh, healthy, and uh, good luck with your squash, um, everybody. Now, enough of that. Let's get into this interview with Sarah Jane uh, Perry, fresh off a great performance at the Windy City Open where she got to the uh, the final of that event, uh, sorry, the semifinal of that event, very close to getting to the final. So enjoy episode 14. Uh, well, let's get started. I've, 
um, this is episode uh, 14 of the In Squash podcast, and we're uh, we're really uh, happy to have uh, British Commonwealth or England's Commonwealth Games uh, team member, world number eight, uh, winner of several uh, PSA events. Uh, most recently, the uh, W50 2017 Oracle NetSuite Open, uh, and uh, happy uh, International Women's Day, SJ. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. No problem, Jerry. Happy International Women's Day to you too. Thank you. And I see um, on Twitter that you have something planned for today. Uh, yes, I'm going down to Canary Wharf to do an exhibition with Alison Waters um, and just really cele- about celebrating um, squash and women's squash and how far like squash has come um, by itself, but also compared to a lot of other sports in the sort of... Uh, continuing battle for equality and parity between the two genders. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I I didn't want to get political or get into uh, anything like that right away, but uh, I mean it, it's a it's a good way to start maybe since it is uh, International Women's Day. Um, how has uh, I know the PSA has made some great strides in that regard. Uh, can you uh, sort of give us an idea as to what uh, what's happened uh, recently? A lot's happened with, in the PSA and um, itself and the tournament. So, obviously, the PSA and WSA merged um, two, or, two or three years ago now. Yeah. Um, and that was a massive that was a massive step forward because it always meant that we were able to, be, you know, be one big unit now and be a bigger force than two separate. Uh, organizations maybe going about things slightly different ways not necessarily wrong ways but different ways Um, so now we're able to kind of use full force and really I think the biggest notable um, thing that PSA has really done is for the men's and women's brackets for the different prize money levels to be made the same Um, and that's kind of obviously most notable on the tournaments that uh, are mostly men and women so the particularly the world series events which are all now um both have to be minimum um of the same uh, level which is at the moment i think one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. right um, it'll be increasing again year on year that's the plan but they're going both be increasing together and um i think a sixth of the uh, World Series this year were actually held men's and women's together, which is um, great as well. Most notably, really, was the Chicago tournament just very recently, where um, they put up a spectacular prize fund of two hundred fifty thousand for men, two hundred fifty thousand. That's for incredible. Women. Yeah. Do you know is, is that the richest uh, ever PSA event? Um, after the World. After the World Championships, I think so. The World Championships was more yeah. um, in in Manchester in um, in December, but November, December. Right. And but that's the biggest World Series event aside from the World Championships. Yeah. Well, you so you we, managed to uh, to get pretty deep into into the draw there, so uh, so so that that paid off well, hopefully for you. Yeah, I think whether <laughs> players say it or not, they. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of prize money, uh, an increase from 
all the other World Series. So you're going to want to do well in that tournament, particularly. Um, and thankfully, you know, I had a I had a pretty good run. Um, and I think what was really really encouraging was actually I I've heard a lot of people say um, to me or actually say on social media and things that they actually the the women's tournament was was almost better than the men's because of the how competitive all the matches were, yeah. particularly from the quarterfinals onwards. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So I think that's, that's not something that you hear after every tournament. No, I, I was. I mean, in preparing for for my in preparing for this interview uh, with you, I, I was just thinking to myself, you know, the the women's game. Uh, I don't think it's ever been as competitive uh, as it is uh, uh, today. No, definitely not. I think you see that um, with the the seedings that actually of the players that are making finals and things like that. So they're not. It's, you don't get number one and two in the world facing each other in the final very often because right. there's so many um, upsets, particularly amongst the top eight or ten players. And then there's a big group of players just knocking on the door of that as well, really trying to break through and having some really good results. So, yeah, you, you can't you can't just get to the top eight and just rest on your laurels and stay there. That, that's not going to happen. So um, I think it's a really exciting time for women's squash. Yeah, I mean, you, all you have to do is look at the uh, the British Nationals as well. Uh, I mean, uh, you had a surprise winner there this year in the women's side. Yeah, Tesney um, had a fantastic tournament, and she's been knocking on the door for a little while. You know, she, she's a very classy player, and yeah, um, kind of shown that in glimpses, and that you know, she really showed that for the whole for the whole event in Manchester. She was, um, you know, she was actually was great and she absolutely deserved that win and become the first Welsh player to win that title. Um, I know it was very special to her and I'm sure she's not going to uh, rest on that now. She'll, she'll, be, she'll be hungry for more of that success and so she's definitely one of the uh, players that's like nipping at the heels of, of the top eight really. Absolutely, and and I guess the both of you uh, you proved in uh, in Chicago that uh, I mean you both came uh, within uh, a matter of points of uh, of getting to the final, really, um, or, or at least meeting each other in the semifinals. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Tessie, I know she won't she won't want to be reminded that she had four match balls, but she did. And, <laughs> she did, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Nor had a phenomenal tournament to show you know the resilience to come back after three brutal matches and still produce a performance like that in the final and win another say more match balls win another 70 something minute match which you know isn't necessarily what the women's game has been um allowed to be seen as in the past it's been seen as not such a physical game but i think we're trying to push forward now and show that actually we are we are actually athletes as well. We you yeah. know, we, we work just as hard as we work just as hard as men. We are fit, we are strong and we will you know, it is a physical game too. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's uh, International Women's Day and we should celebrate that and, and um, you know, definitely the women's game is looking good. Um, now, I wanted to uh, just look back a little bit uh, 
SJ, maybe going back to your, your, uh, your great junior career, you were European under 19 and British under 19 champion. Uh, leading up to those, uh, those latter years where you, you had some great success, uh, where did you uh, pick up the game of squash and, and who were your coaches back in the day? Um, I've been playing since I was about five years old. Um, my dad used to play just at club level, um, and he took me and my brother down to the club when we were little, and we used to go, I think it was Sunday morning, just basically volunteer coaches at the club uh, where yeah. I started playing, which is a really small uh, members club called Four Oaks uh, um, on the outskirts of Birmingham. Okay. And, uh, you know that 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 club's still there now, um, and it's, uh, it's it's kind of funny when I go back and think about it. But it's quite cool. Wow. Um, so well, that's then, impressive. And yeah. then I, I've been playing at um, Kenilworth Club since I was about eight, um, and my, I was coached from about ten years old by um, a guy called Townsend. Um, and he coached me until um, till I was till I was about twenty twenty four or twenty five. Wow, that's so a lot, that's for, a, for an, quite a long partnership. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still we're still very good friends, and uh, he runs our PSL team at Kenilworth now, which we finally got this year. So, um, yeah, he he coached me for a, a long a long time, and a lot of uh, a lot of my squash skills and knowledge. Um, have him to thank for that. Uh, just, um, but then I think I came third out of four players in what we call our county championship. So okay. my my county is Warwickshire. Um, okay. Third out of four. <laughs> so um, I was playing other sports at the time as well. I played, I played tennis and then I just started playing hockey at field hockey at school as well okay um, so you know i was playing squash but it wasn't everything wasn't squash at that point and it wasn't really until i was about maybe about 14 i i, I played more and more tournaments so i went along and i started doing a bit better but until i was sort of really about 14 i really started to concentrate on squash and um so not, what not what was it about squash so that uh, what was it about squash that uh, got you to, uh, to turn the corner and, and focus more on it? Um, I think it was a lot of it was that it wasn't just um, how hard you could hit the ball or how accurate you could be. It was a combination of of everything. There was a lot of tactics things. So when I was younger, um, I didn't really move. I wasn't very I didn't really move very well, and I wasn't that fit. So, it, it, I actually learned how to um, try and win rallies by other ways. So, by sending my opponent the wrong way, or right. by making the ball too, too tight to the wall, so they couldn't hit a good shot off it, and things like that. Um, so, a lot of my deception in my game actually comes from a willingness to not move. Off the tee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was going to say uh, later on, I mean, they say the Egyptians are, are uh, excellent shot makers and attacking players, but uh, 
for people who really haven't seen you play, uh, you you have a lot uh, a lot of that in your game, and, and I'm re- I really enjoy watching you, you play. Where, uh, and I guess that's where it came from, just out of uh, you know a lack of uh, desire to uh, or just to end the rally as quickly as possible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> to, use, to use every sort of not I wouldn't say trick, but every way possible. So I like to use I like to use angles and different things like different spins and things but my my coach Steve at the side, he, you know, he always encouraged me to to have some flair to play how I wanted to play play with some personality yeah. and I think that's really really important and because I, I enjoy the way I play and I, when I'm playing well that's because I'm enjoying how I'm playing um, and if I'm not if I'm not playing well, it's usually because I'm trying to play a way that I, I don't enjoy. <laughs> right, and right. So they kind of go hand, go hand in hand. Were there any, any players that sort of, uh, as you were growing up or you, you looked up to, that you, that you sort of took uh, pieces of their games uh, from and uh, adapted them to, uh, to your, your style? Um, I didn't really actually follow professional squash too much when I was younger. It was not as easy um, right. yeah. the, with the social media and YouTube and everything these days. There was no so, squash TV back then. No, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I remember going to watch, um, they had a, uh, the BSPA, which is the British Squash Player Association final at Birmingham, which is near me. Um, and I remember going to watch that, and that was the first men's and women's professional squash I'd seen. Um, so my first taste of women's professional squash was um, two English players called Steph Brind and Rebecca McCree. And okay. for anyone anyone that doesn't know them, like there was they were both great players, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of heated discussions, a lot of um, a lot of gamesmanship going on yeah. on both sides. So it was a uh, interesting yeah. introduction to professional squash. Well, there seemed there seemed to be a, a lot more of that back then. It seems I, I don't know. It seem, doesn't seem to be as much uh, as prevalent uh, in the game today as it was back then. That could partly be maybe with the the, the new uh, with the video review rules and maybe uh, things like that that have enhanced the the officiating. Or perhaps it's just in, uh, behavior is is better with the uh, younger generation. Um, I think it's probably a combination of both and also um, I think they wanted to really clamp down on it Yeah. Uh, from, from the refereeing point of view to kind of continued fight for the Olympics. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they, you can't, I don't think you get away with much, uh, much uh, these days, you know, but then how many, how many classic videos are there of uh, Jonathan Power and <laughs> So, you know, and, yeah. and guys like that, you know, it, I mean, I don't know what the uh, crowd score at the time, but I quite, I quite enjoy watching them. Well, absolutely, so. yeah. I'm Canadian, so uh, I, have a, I have a soft spot for Jonathan Power, uh, uh, being yeah. Canadian. But, uh, exactly. There's always a bit of space for humour. Uh, in, in my eye, anyway, there's always a bit of space for humour on, uh, on the squash court. Yeah, so yeah. As, I, long as, I like that with it. as long as it doesn't get out of control, you're, you're right. I, I agree. Um, now, just uh, moving on to your yeah, your, exactly. your um, 
So you went to the University of Warwick, I see, right? And uh, did you play squash for, did they have yeah. a squash team, varsity team? Uh, yeah, they did have a team, but the, um, the particularly the women's league in the universities wasn't particularly strong, and they weren't in the uh, top division. Uh, so it's, it's actually increased a lot in strength now, the, the league have, but at the time it wasn't, and... Um, I wasn't like sure I was going to go and play squash full time. So after I was at university, I actually played more field hockey than I did squash. Um, okay. I did play a bit. I did play a bit for university in squash, but I mostly played uh, field hockey. So oh, you have to I, be I fit to play uh, to play that game. Yeah, it's a, diff a slightly different fitness. Um, yeah. But it, you still, it's still, uh, it's still a brutal game. Fit, fit and tough, I think. Yeah, you gotta be, gotta be pretty tough. I've got some, <laughs> some good bruises, and yeah. but I also caused probably more, more damage than I received. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, I guess it was in uh, about 2011 after uh, a few, you know, you you turned pro, and then in 2011 at the at the Manor Manor Open, you you won. You had your sort of breakthrough at that time. Um, yeah. Do you remember back in those days? Like, was would you consider that your your uh, your breakthrough tournament? Um, I think like I can if if I think about it, there's almost a few different sort of breakthrough times that I've had. Um, that would that definitely one of them. Winning my first, um, I think it was actually still Whisper. I think I was the last person to win a Whisper tournament. Okay. Um, that was the last one, I believe. Um, and that was, so that was the first one I won, um, beating, I beat Tanya Bailey in the final. Actually, she retired, I think, in the fifth. Okay, <laughs> okay. That field hockey toughness came into, uh, into play then. Yeah, she retired after that as well. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. But, you know, that was, a breakthrough. that was a breakthrough. And I think in the next couple of years, I went, I think I won another five or six tournaments. That, yeah. that was really for me a big period of just learning to win matches, learning to win tournaments, um, which was some advice I got from Peter Nichol, um when I spoke to him briefly and I kind of listened to that little nugget and took that on board and went away and tried to, you know, tried to win some of those smaller tournaments before I really um, started attacking the bigger ones. So that nice. was kind of, that was that. That was definitely breakthrough, breakthrough period number one. Yeah, and um, but then you had a, a bit of a setback, didn't you? You had a back injury. Uh, what happened there? Was that 2013? Yeah. Yeah. So I was getting um, a lot of stiffness, stiffness and stuff in my back, and um, wasn't really getting any any pain or anything to suggest what was actually going on. But eventually, they sort of said, "Well." had a bit of a twinge and I sort of said, right, well, let's, let's scan it and have a look at it. And when they scanned it, they found I actually had a stress fracture in one of my, um, the parts of my lumbar spine. Um, so then that required uh, some really extensive rehab for about four months. Oh, okay. So month, the first month was, was complete rest. Um, the second month was basically a month of Pilates. And then from after that, I started 
building it back up on court. So that was. Um, How was that process for you? Not being able to uh, to get out there and play or do anything for for a month. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty tough. Like we were limiting the amount of. I had to like lie down most of the day. We we're limiting limiting the amount of walking I was doing, but. In a way, it actually gave me the opportunity to really see how much I wanted to do, how, how much I wanted to play squash, how much I wanted to succeed in squash. Um, yeah. And it just really refocused me. Um, so I don't recommend everyone goes and has a month off or anything, but um, <laughs> kind of realize, you know, when you can't do that, how much you want to be doing that and also maybe you can you have time to reflect on things that you might not always you know you might not have time when you're training flat out which is quite good too yeah yeah uh and then uh i guess it was uh 2017 though uh, the oracle uh, the net suite open was your biggest uh, win to date i mean you you uh you'd had a series of losses uh to laura Massero, but then you uh you beat her three two and then you went on to beat, uh, of course, Nicole uh, David, uh, who, uh, you know, what a legend she is. You, you managed to beat her 3-2 in the final. Uh, how, how did that feel to first take out uh, Laura, who'd, who'd given you some trouble, and then, uh, then Nicole thereafter? Yeah, I think that was another one sort of breakthrough moment for me because, like you said, Laura, I had beaten Laura once before, um, but a few years ago, um, in the final of our national championships, and I was not actually ever beaten her on PSA, and she'd always kind of had a really, she always had a really good game plan against me and stopped me playing. Right. And I what what what, you know, what sort of like, what did she do uh, that caused you tr uh, trouble? Well, it like, wasn't it wasn't even that it was the same thing she was doing every time. You know, she'd come out playing a slightly different with a slightly different game plan every time so kind right. of and but i'd always find myself like not able to control the middle how i wanted to so i kind of as a in san francisco i went on with the goal of being ultra positive and ultra aggressive yeah with my squash to try and make it in my hands rather than um, rather than in her hands and you know thankfully I mean it was, it was quite testing conditions that day because the temperature dropped a lot and it was a bit slippery on the court and stuff yeah but and in the past I've maybe got distracted by things like that but I managed to actually put everything sort of how how I wanted to put it together that day and you know I don't you know, I don't think Laura played badly at all in that match I think it was um like it was, you know, it was a good match, and she was trying to impose her game. I was trying to impose my game, and thankfully, you know, just in the in the fifth, I managed to impose mine a little bit more, and um, and get that get that important win, and you know that that was quite a that was quite a big you know a big win for me. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, and then, then to beat uh, Nicole in the final. Yeah, I think Nicole's an absolute legend of the yeah. game and still playing fantastic squash. No, no doubt about that. So, you know, mate, 
um, she was playing great, and I was a little bit, I was a little bit flat, and my legs felt, you know, they didn't work. I was, right. I was struggling to get them moving a bit. So to find yourself too low down against someone like that, and just manage to turn it around is, yeah. uh, you know, it's a fantastic feeling, and not something you're going to do every every week. No, so, no, exactly. You know, it was a particularly emotional sort of win for me. I don't often get emotional after after my wins, but I lost my grandmother a couple of weeks before that, and I actually had to miss her funeral to be at those tournaments in America. Okay, um, yeah. But I knew like she would have been really, she would have been really, really proud of me. So that was, you know, that was something that kept pushing me forward in that week as well. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I was going to ask. Uh, I saw that you dedicated uh, the win to your nan on uh, on Twitter. So, so that that would explain uh, uh, why you uh, you dedicated the win to her. Yeah, yeah. She was. Uh, yeah, she was. She was one. She was probably my favorite favorite person. So. Yeah. You know, I know how she was really proud of me and everything. So I just, you know, wanted to give give that one out to her, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, and also sorry uh, for your loss there, by the way. Thank you. Um, and now, uh, something, uh, something else. I'm sure she'd be very proud of is uh, you're, you'll be representing your country in the Commonwealth Games uh, coming up. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, obviously, it means a lot to you. Yeah, I was really close to making the team for Glasgow last time, but in the end, reserved. And I was um, not happy about that at the time at all. But I, you know, I told myself, you know, there's no point throwing any toys out the pram or anything. That I just had to get on with it, and then, you know, make sure next time that it wasn't that I was on the edge of being picked. That I was, you know, definitely, definitely going and um, just keep improving, and, and yeah. you know, hopefully that would work and thankfully it did and you know I'm really really looking forward to being part of Team England and competing. So you'll be playing uh, you'll be playing doubles uh, as well mixed doubles and uh, and doubles as well? Yeah I think um, I think the plan is uh, for me to just play women's doubles um, okay. and not play mixed doubles that's the plan at the moment. But Do you play much play, doubles? So uh, we've played we've played quite a lot of doubles in the sort of past um, 18, 18 months maybe. Okay. Um, and you know we'll be playing practicing a bit more before we go out to the Gold Coast. And uh, you know it's 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 very different from the singles game, but yeah. uh, it's it's angles and um, different things like that. So it's it, it's squash. It's kind of fit, fits your game maybe a little bit. I kind of like, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, my focus will be on the singles first. And then, as soon as, you know, as soon as the singles is finished, yeah. then, you know, it will be back. It, it will be doubles and that will be, um, you know, it's challenging. Not, no, one, no one will say it's not, but it, at the same time, it's, it's also uh, a, ch a change and a 
change of focus to actually work with someone as a partnership and yeah. build that. So I think that'll be uh, that'll be really interesting, and then hopefully, hopefully it goes well. Yeah. You'll have a you'll have a, a good chance to win a, a few medals, and I uh, I do remember um, a few years ago when Can Canada won the men's gold with Jonathan uh, Power, and how much uh, publicity that brought squash uh, brought to squash in Canada. Um, I'm sure the same will uh, will happen uh, again uh, for England this time around if you can manage to get a few medals. Yeah, well, we usually manage. We usually manage a few, and uh, that gets um, a reasonable amount of publicity. Um, unfortunately for us, the rest of Team England generally does quite well as well. So it's, right. it's not. Uh, it's not like the squash are the only ones getting are the only ones getting medals. Um, so it's medals in a sea of medals, but they're still uh, they're still appreciated, and like all the whole country loves watching sport. So. And, you know, I'm sure no matter what time of the day or night um, I'm, I'm playing, I'm sure my friends and family will be back home watching, and that'll be uh, that'll be pretty cool as well. So um, yeah, they can hopefully uh, hopefully see us do well, and then go and support the support the rest of Team England later. Absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, I know here on In Squash uh, podcast, we'll be uh, we'll be rooting for you, uh, SJ. So, thank you. Yes. Um, well, we won't keep you uh, much longer because I know uh, it may be treacherous on those roads driving to uh, to London. You're driving to London, yes. Yes. And uh, how much how how much further do you have? Uh, um, I have another. Another half an hour or so, but that's including some of the M25, which is notoriously uh, horrific. So uh -oh. that could, okay. a half an hour could be an hour and a half. We'll see. Right. Well, uh, SJ, thank you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the podcast. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I just want to wish you uh, all the best going forward. Uh, Commonwealth Games, all your upcoming tournaments, and um, you know, keep. Keep it going. You, you've got some uh, some great squash in you, and I hope to meet you uh, actually because I'm based out of Dubai. Uh, hope to meet you at the uh, the Road to Do Dubai event. Thank you, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, once again, Happy International Women's Day. Absolutely, yeah. And th yeah, thanks for coming on, SJ. Take care and uh, have thank a great you. have a great match today. In celebration. Thank you, Jerry. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, wasn't that awesome? Thank you so much, uh, Sarah Jane, for coming on to the podcast. I um, want to wish you, again, all the best going forward with the Commonwealth Games coming up. Uh, you're going to be playing in the uh, the singles and the, the mixed doubles, I think you said. Uh, so all the best, uh going forward for the rest of the season and uh, I truly hope to uh, catch up with you again catch up with her again at the uh, the road to Dubai uh, event the si uh, Super Series finale uh, in Dubai so uh, I'm going to try to make it down for that one and uh, hopefully get to see her uh, play live and uh, yeah so thanks a lot Sarah Jane and uh, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast uh, Coming up soon, 
in within the next couple of weeks, we've got a couple of great uh, episodes. One including a uh, former uh, squash player turned Olympic uh, participant, turned Olympic athlete. So he he could be one of squash's uh, first Olympic participants. Unfortunately, not uh, as a squash player, as we all know, but. Uh, That'll be coming up in a few weeks, uh, as well as uh, a few other great um, episodes. So stay tuned for those. And thanks, everyone of you who've been listening. Uh, please uh, feel free to give any comments, suggestions, any uh, interview suggestions, any uh, ways to improve the, the podcast. Um, I'm, open, uh, I'm open to any ideas. So uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, talk to you soon.